you all know me well. Most of you know me well. There might be more than one word, right? There might be more than one. So I want to start asking a question. Have you ever heard a story um, or stories of people seeing angels? Yeah? Uh, or have you ever seen an angel yourself? Right? Um, someone shared with me once that as they were driving down Route 40, uh, they passed a man, looked homeless, dressed a bit shabbily, um, and they felt compelled to stop and to give him some water because that's all they had in their car. And they, they, they then drove to the store that was a, maybe a mile away, packed up stuff and went back to give it to him. But he wasn't there. There was nowhere for him to walk off, uh, no road to turn down, um, and he hadn't walked past her, and she hadn't driven past him in any way, and he just vanished. And she was convinced, and she shared with me, that she believed that it was an angel. And another person more recently shared with me that as they were going out to deal with their recycling, um, a young man said, can I help? And she was like, well, yeah, <laughs> that would be great. And she explained to him everything that she needed to be done, where different things went, and that she'd like the bag back because that was where she put all her recycling all the time. And after the boy had helped her, he was no longer there. He'd just kind of gone. And both of these instances, those people believe that they had seen an angel. They believe that, that, that God had sent a messenger, a helper to them in that time. Either to encourage them to be givers and sharers of, of hospitality or to receive something from him that they were needing. And it's very possible, very possible that it's very possible that they did in fact see an angel and we know we know angels are real scripture tells us they are real they are part of the created order um they were created before we were created um depends on which theologians you listen to some think they were created um kind of the very first, something they were part of the six days of creation. Um, but we know from Job 38, 7, that they were created and that they sang joyfully as God was creating the world. And as Lutherans here, as a, as our doctrines, we base them on what scripture tells us, what the Bible has in front of us. And the Bible teaches very clearly that angels exist. And we meet some of them in scripture. And of all of the angels, we're also told there is a hierarchy of angels. That they have ranks, kind of like military order, if you will. And we're even told in uh, Isaiah chapter 6 that uh, one of these ranks... We don't know if the others do or not, but one of them, uh, the seraphim, actually has wings. Six wings. It's a lot of wings. 
Most of the pictures that we see of angels, there's only these two really big ones. Um, but we don't know if that's true or not. That's a, an artist's impression. But we do know that one of these ranks of angels has wings. Another rank that we're told of is the archangel. And within the 66 books of the Bible that we have, there's one archangel, and that is Michael. Now, the book of Tobit, which is part of the apocryphal writing, has another, which is Raphael. But as Lutherans, we don't take that as, as being scripture, but we're just pointing to and helping us understand scripture. The book of Enoch, which is part of the, the pseudopigrapha, which is kind of a collection of other writings. And I'm reading through that at the moment and finding it very interesting. And it helps teach us a lot about Jewish history, about the connection between thought of the ancient world and how it all runs together. Well, he, in the book of Enoch, names uh, seven holy angels. Watchers is what he, what he refers to them as. Um, and the book of Revelation, that kind of links with that, because in the book of Revelation, in chapter 8, John sees seven angels that stand before God and the seven trumpets that they were given. So this idea that there might be seven archangels, which is very much within the Catholic thought, the Roman Catholic thought, could very well be true. But we don't know that for a fact. But we do know there is one archangel, and that is Michael. So that's what the scriptures that we hold, the 66 books, teach us specifically but we also meet one other angel in scripture Gabriel and Gabriel's one of those seven that are, are, are kind of seen as an archangel uh, within the Roman Catholic Church they're also within the the Orthodox Church and the Anglican Church uh, Gabriel is seen as an archangel and Luther says of all angels that uh, they are with us and it is very sure that they are with us. And no one should ever have doubted it. So we know angels are real. We know angels exist. But what do angels do? What do they do? Well, to start with, we need to think about the name angel. Sometimes that term we, 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 we see uh, just used in, in, in scripture, the, the word spirit may be used instead of angel um, and there's this this, this 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 is to make a distinction between ourselves as human beings and then these spiritual beings and scripture also tells us that we are made a little lower than the angels so in the created order of things the angels are higher than we are but the term angel, it comes from the word uh, <laughs> angelos, which basically and simply means messenger. So in scripture, we will read in our English translations that there was a messenger. Maybe, maybe a prophet is referred to as a messenger. Maybe someone who was taking a, a simple message in, in the New Testament is called a, a, a messenger, an angel. And our New Testament, the Gospels, the, the word for testament itself 
uh, evangelion. And you can hear angel within that word. So that is the good, the message of the good news. So all angels are messengers of God. And we are all messengers of God. But we're not angels in the same way that we're talking about angels. And it's interesting that we've got this this trait as we follow Jesus' life and all the principal events that happen, there is always an angel present. Okay? We think about, initially, the Annunciation. Okay? Conception of Jesus. There is an angel. Joseph being told about the birth of Jesus happens with an angel. That first Christmas night, the angels are singing in the heavens and proclaiming this news to the shepherds. Joseph is visited in a dream by an angel, warning him to flee to Egypt. Then there's the temptations of Jesus and how the angels waited on him. The Garden of Gethsemane, again, the angels are there waiting on him. At the resurrection, the angels describe what has happened, rolling away the stone, speaking to Mary. And then, of course, at the ascension, where the angels come and ask the, ask the disciples, why are you still here? In my paraphrase, what are you doing? Jesus told you to go do something, so don't look at the heavens, just go do it. The angels are... The, the most highest and noblest of God's messengers. They join us in our worship. As we worship today, angels are with us worshipping those same things. You know, uh, they worship the King. Revelation 4, chapter 8, it tells us that they sing and they shout in heaven continuously. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now, I don't have enough time today <laughs> to really talk about um, all of the angels. To talk about the fact that there are fallen angels, which are sometimes called demons. To talk about the fact that scripture tells us that every child has a guardian angel. Whether those angels stay with us for our whole life and our, our guardian forever, we don't know. But we know that the children have one. Whether they kind of, we get to a point where we graduate to not needing a guardian angel or, or whatever. We don't know exactly because scripture doesn't tell us that. But scripture does tell us that the children have a guardian. Can't talk about too much, you know, s Satan and how the angel fell. And how he took, some would say, a third of the heavenly spirits with him in that form. But we do have the time and we need to talk about what our, our, our good angels do. And that principal work of the angels is to guard us and to protect the church.
to guard us and to protect the church. And that's kind of really drawn out of, of Psalm 91 and looking at what, a, what an angel will do. And, and you might be sat here thinking, we just heard this passage about Abraham being visited by God and you've just whittled on about angels for I don't know how long. What's the connection there? Well, the connection is that, yes, the scripture says that Abraham was visited by God, but it was a messenger of God. He was visited by an angel. Three of them, in fact, with one speaking the good news, being that messenger of God. Now, Abraham didn't know that these visitors were angels at first. But he showed them an extravagant hospitality. He sat with them. He, he, he placed them in a shade. And most of you have shade today, thankfully. But imagine how much uncomfortable, how much more uncomfortable it would be without that shade. Abraham places them in the shade. And he tells Sarah to make cakes. And he gets a fattened calf. And he slays it. And he provides with this meat and with these cakes, curd and milk. And the messenger brings this good news, not because of the hospitality that Abraham has offered. He brings it because it was always God's intention to bring it. Sarah was told that she'd become pregnant and that she'd have a child. And these words that were spoken to Abraham, they were for Sarah's ears as well. Because just before it shared, the messenger says, well, where's Sarah? And Abraham's like, she's, she's, she's over there in the kitchen. She's, she's in the house. And they're like, okay. And they speak for Sarah to hear these words as well. And she's an old lady. About 99 years old. And she hears this messenger say, you're going to have a baby. And she laughs. And it's not clear what she's laughing at. Is she laughing at the fact that she's going to have a baby and she's old? Or is she laughing at the fact that in order to have a baby, she knows what she's got to do. And she's like, I can't do that anymore. That, that's not possible. Yeah, but she's laughing. And then she says, oh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't laugh. Because she becomes fearful. Because she's challenged on that laugh. And, and, and the response from this angel on that laugh is, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? And this is one of those questions that it doesn't really need an answer. It's like, any of you parents here would know when the kids are asking questions and they're and they're like trying to you know cajole trying to get their way a parent would just say who's in charge here does that need an answer no <laughs> the answer's obvious the same is here is anything too hard for the lord no the answer is an obvious one because nothing is too hard for the lord god can do anything and here he is, 
bringing his plan into fruition. Because he had promised Abraham years prior to create descendants more multiple than the stars. And he had planned to do that through Sarah. And Abraham, he listened to his wife complain a little bit and say, I can't, you've got to do this a different way. And they, they kind of were like, okay, we'll, we'll use Hagar for God's plan. And Ishmael's going to be the, the, the answer. But Ishmael's been kind of sent away now. And Sarah is what God's plan always was, to create these descendants. God's plan was for there to be that line of descendants which would come to fruition in Christ. See, angels, they visit Abraham, they visit Sarah. They do so to bring this good news. And today, we still have angels at work. We still have angels who come and bring good news. They're still at work for the kingdom of God. Their purpose is to be messengers of the good news and to protect the church. And we are the church, so the angels are there in protecting us. And Luther says, and he reminds us that the acknowledgement of angels is needful for the church. So at any point, when, when church begins to think about angels not being real, or just being this picture, like the artists draw, we have to remind ourselves of what scripture teaches us. That angels are real, and that angels fight for us. And just as that person who shared with me about meeting an angel on Route 40, or the one who helped with the recycling, Abraham, in our reading today, meets with an angel. And what he does is show huge hospitality. Not because he knows it's an angel, but because he's convinced that he should just be hospitable to strangers. And Hebrews 13, verse 2, it tells us, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing that, some have entertained angels without knowing it. So as we meet strangers, as we come to see strangers, as we pass someone on the road who maybe looks a bit shabby, we are to show hospitality. We show hospitality to new neighbours who move in, to visitors at worship with us, to new people at work, to people in the grocery store. If you've got a dog and you walk the dog and you meet someone new, just be hospitable. And hospitality doesn't mean you have to go kill a cow <laughs> or bake some cakes. You can be hospitable just in yourself without giving of too much. But if you've got water and it's a hot day, yes, give them some water. Just the other day, I was walking uh, the new puppy with 
with my with my little boy. Uh, we dropped my my daughter off um, as she was going off to a youth group, and we walked past a house with an old lady sat out front, and she had a stray cat in her yard. And we were like, oh. And she was like, yeah, that's one of my uh, one of my homeless cats that I feed. She's at, she's got a homeless dog, some homeless cats that that some family have abandoned, and moved and just left. And so she cares for them. But she needed someone to talk to. So we gave her some time. We heard her story. And those of you know who who know Eli, he shared his story. <laughs> Because he can't help not do. And, and, and she blessed him with, with some candy. And she's going through a lot. And we were there just to be able to be hospitable. We didn't have anything to give her other than our time and our love. And that's sometimes all it takes. So be hospitable. Not because you expect to meet an angel, but because you might just meet an angel and entertain them without even knowing it. Let's pray. Father, we give you so much thanks for all that you do for us. We give you thanks that we have your heavenly hosts around about us, with us, protecting us, guiding us as your church and bringing the good news, helping us to share that with others too. Continue, we pray. And as we join with your heavenly host, we praise your name, forever singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen.